everybody. Welcome to Talking Disney Podcast, and this is the show where we love talking about the Disney canon, and we've been having content creators on talking about their Disney canon ranking, so it's super fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Stanford is here. Hey, how's it going? And we have very special guests with us today. We have YouTuber Jim Gisrael here, and thank you so much, Jim, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Thank you guys for having me. It's great to be here. Yes. So you've been on a, a while back on our uh, podcast, but uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little about what you do on your channel. Oh, uh, hi, I'm Jim. Uh, I review or I'm a film critic, dad, regular person, I hope. Um, I do uh, current movies, kind of a lot of animation. I do video essays. Um, I just started a new cartoon which is kind of a, a guy and a TV talk to each other and talk about film terms and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I've been to an, into animation since I was been working on cartoons and learning from animation historians and all sorts of stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah. How did you first get started your interest in animation? Um, ever, you know, I didn't really ever give it up. You know, like when you're a kid and you're watching cartoons and then you sort of, I guess most people stop or theoretically stop. Like, and I, since I was into comic books, I always knew there was older animation. And so I never let it go. But then when I went to college, sorry, this is like a long story. Maybe. No, please. Uh, <laughs> when I went to college and I worked on my own Flash cartoons and I worked on, I worked with um, Ian Jones Cordy um, on Knock Forest and stuff. Um, I'd learned from anim like animators who are now work at Cartoon Network and stuff. And then I had the, um, I think what really got me into the history of it, and I was always interested, but I was a film student in college, not an animation student, um, is when I worked for the college, I got to do this class by this guy, Howard Beckerman, who, this isn't me exaggerating. He literally has taught animation history longer than anyone in the history of the medium to my understanding. Um, and he just kind of, he would just show so many interesting things and tell me about stuff. And um, I got to work with him for so long. I, I picked up a lot from there. So I think that like sparked my interest in animation and not also Disney and understanding the canon better because Disney uh, doesn't always like help you time-wise, but he kind of helped me frame it better you know understanding what were the classic period what was each of the periods what happened and everything like that so i think that answered that question i hope it did and you were in uh, the wasn't the beginning of your channel you did uh like the um pony content no i i'm not uh that's a i i've actually never i've watched very little my little pony mm -hmm. um i just um was on this is not going to sound like this sound like I'm uh, being embarrassed of My Little Pony, but um, I I've been to two of the cons because I worked for Saber Sparks on his videos and I was on Paleo Steno's podcast. But mm -hmm. the joke is that I know literally nothing about My Little Pony. Um, I'll make up plot lines because I don't. I have a character called Apple Clumps uh, who I made up <laughs> myself. Who I just make up what I sort of think happens on them and everyone laughs. I, I don't actually know if I'm joking most of the so time. So how did you connect with all those guys? Uh, just through, I was on the pizza, or I'm still on the Pizza Party podcast. And that was about animation. 
and mm-hmm. I talked a lot about animation. Paleo was on Pizza Party, and I'm, through Paleo, I met all of them, and we all got along, and they liked what I knew about film history, and I think they liked me as a. I'm pretty sure they liked me as a person too. So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I don't. I don't think I've done. Sorry, but people do think that because I've been to two brony cons. So mm-hmm. um, you would think that I'd know something, but I, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> hey, <laughs> not everybody can say they've been to brony con. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's it. I mean, all the Brodies were a little like, "Why are you here? This is weird. You don't know anything." Like literally, but uh, I was there, and they were nice. But they would be like, "Why? What? No!" But then my friends would be like, "Oh, Jim's here." It was a strange. I had a good time, but they were like, "What?" (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, it's not a bad show. It's pretty good. I mean, I've watched, my daughter's watched it a little bit and I'm like, oh, this seems good. But part of me, because I've gone so long in the fandom yeah. without ever having watched it, I don't want to ruin my record <laughs> of knowing nothing. Yeah. So, so I kind of like my uh, non-watching part of the fandom, I guess. Well, that's me and Scooby-Doo. I've never, I've seen nothing. I, really? Yeah. Nothing. I watched the most recent film, The Scoob, and that was terrible. And I've heard that that was no, not a not... good demonstration of Scooby-Doo, but because um, it was more of like a superhero movie, it was weird. But um, yeah, yeah I've never watched because I don't I, I'm kind of a horror wimp. And so the idea of like the spooky and the ghost stories and things like that didn't really appeal to me as a kid. So I just yeah. never watched it. And uh, yeah, that's that's my. Um, wow. That's a culture thing that I for animation that I. I haven't seen almost nothing. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch your Scoob review after this. I'm very curious. Yeah, I'll what, send it to you. <laughs> so what, uh, Stanford, do you have an animation like blind, blind spot? spot? Yeah. You know, one of my big blind spots has been anime. Mm. And yeah. uh, Rachel's helped me with that a lot, uh, which I've appreciated. Uh, but I'm trying to think if there's some other other ones too. I don't know if you necessarily call it a blind spot, but I mean, PBS. Okay. Like Arthur and shows like yeah. that. Um, I just, I was too old by the time those came out and I never yeah. watched it. I was a Sesame street and Mr. Rogers neighborhood, uh, watcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I love yeah. those shows, but, but these animated shows didn't come out. Uh, Rachel, our mutual friend, Mark Brown, you know, he had me on yeah. this who wants to be a millionaire. Show, oh, yeah. yeah his little, which is fun. Yeah. And I, of course, he, I always get the PBS questions, and they, they, those are the ones that kick me where <laughs> I lose. Did uh, you ever do that, uh, Jim? The uh, Wants to be a Millionaire animation? No, I don't know thing? anything about it. Oh, we should, so we should give him your number. We need to give him, yeah. <laughs> I'm, curious. Mark. <laughs> I'm curious. I, I, I'm with you on the Arthur thing because I was too old mm-hmm. uh, when that happened. Like, I magic was, school bus, you know. Magic School Bus a little, because I was like, but that was like right when middle school hit. Like some of these things, if you're not the right age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, especially like, I think Arthur started when I was too old and ended before my kids could get into it. So I like, we missed each other. That <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen, you know? So some of these, and when people are so passionate, like, especially like Blue's Clues, people will be like, you don't know Blue's Clues? I'm like, guys. <laughs> I was 14. Like, I wasn't going to watch Blue's Clues. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, 
haven't watched this. Like, like, I'm aware like, of it, but I haven't watched like, an episode. Yeah, like I get that a lot with uh, also the like early decoms, which have huge fan bases. Like when uh, oh, yeah. Under Wraps, the remake came out last year, people were like, you haven't seen Under Wraps, the original, because that was the first decom that ever came out. And uh, and I was like, I was in college. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, the, my daughter's just started to get into decoms with the zombies movies, uh-huh. and they're they're taking over the house. Those, Did those, you watch the recent one, Zombies Three? I've seen. Yes, I saw Zombies Three. I it saw was zombies. so intense. Like I was just like, what are they doing? It, I, <laughs> the. The, there's like a moment that's basically right out of Wrath of Khan and I was just like what is happening? Wait, they're like putting what? their hand to each other and they're like the person's going off and she's going to like die. And oh I'm like, yes that is. You know the the thing with those that's weird is like because I watch horror movies and I'll yeah. watch it and I go because the, you know they're bitten by werewolves and I was like no they're not bitten by werewolves that's not why they're werewolves and I was like that doesn't I'm sorry I can't accept it like like so like wait they're zombies but they're your friends like and I know like I don't know I have to there's be aliens there. now yeah they're aliens. but I'm also like I don't want them I think they they're stopping because they're the kids have to be in high school and stuff and like but I want zombies to just keep bringing things in like even though they're not really good. <laughs> They're I mean, not Seabrook really good at- is getting crowded at this point. And yeah, the Seabrook thing that was so crowded. crazy about this movie is that, like, so they're dealing with aliens and, like, that they're, there's extraterrestrial travel and all kinds of craziness. And, and yet, like, they kept going back to the big cheerleading competition. <laughs> oh, no, the cheerleading competition is the most important thing in the universe. That's <laughs> what I learned from. And then the aliens, they, they sign up. <laughs> yeah the aliens are like really good at oh gosh it's, it's and the the moms are like that's not fair they shouldn't be allowed to enter i'm like what is happening <laughs> it's like They're aliens it's so high concept i was like this is yeah. like there's so many different things going on I was it like, was oh. so funny i it's, i was uh, just i don't know i couldn't i kind of admired it because it was just so crazy but yeah, um it, no, not it, like it good, was, but it was just like, wow, no, it, what is happening to this movie? All, I don't know. I tried to avoid the Disney Channel stuff with her, but it kind of like finds its way in. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. it is so like when I watch him, like I don't there's sometimes I don't like scenes, but I guess um, sometimes I'm like, those kids look like they worked really hard. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. Like, it looks like they did a lot of like late nights rehearsing mm-hmm. that. Corey, mm-hmm. because they're really good at it but yeah well and they get good talent on those decoms oh yeah they like, really I, do i a lot of them i was like i think i'm gonna see you guys like yeah you know, much like zendaya and the other people who i i think i'm gonna see one of you guys mm-hmm. in like a serious drama and everyone in the theater will be like oh mm-hmm. it's such a great performance i'm like oh she was the werewolf in zombies too <laughs> like well, and matt Cornette, he played the like the main alien yeah. and i think he's so great he's in um High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> That's such a so, weird. I love title. him. Um, all right, that was a tangent, but yeah, that was. It was sorry. still Disney related. <laughs> yes, yeah, the Disney Corporation was involved. 
Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to family movie night, female film critics panels, or the Talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q&As, where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night or even become a guest on the podcast. Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. What do you think is the value in watching the whole canon and seeing the the whole history, I guess, of the Disney studio? Well, I think... I think there's a lot of value in it because it runs the, well, it's the longest running animation studio feature animation studio in film history. I mean, let's, I'm always surprised when I talk to any film person and I'm like, Hey, you know, even Wreck-It Ralph is out or something. And they're like, you know, they don't understand the importance of it because to me, it's like, it literally like, there's no feature animation studio that's run longer. Like it's, it's, regardless of how you feel about Disney and businesses and theme parks and all that stuff in terms of film history, it's, it's very impressive. Like it's, it's kind of crazy to go from snow white to where we are now. Like it's, I think there's a lot of, it shows you like how times change, how that studios change, how animation has changed. And also like they were, you know, probably the only real name in animation for a long time, not until like, in terms of America and a lot of the world until like Bluth and DreamWorks and stuff. Um, and also just the change in times. I think a lot of them are really great movies. Like you're not sitting through it. You know, if you go through any other series, I don't think you'll get the quality of the, well, the quality, yeah, definitely the quality and the, um, the history of it just, and the change in animation, like Mm -hmm. none of like, you know, you're talking about different eras. Like it changes pretty rapidly from like little mermaid and snow white don't look at all the same or even mm-hmm. little mermaid and Moana or so, you know, it just, yeah. And I don't know. I think, I think there's always a lot of value in it. You know, I've yeah. never really thought. What do you think about that Sanford? I think it's a really interesting perspective. I appreciate you bringing that up about, I would not really thought about the, that it being the longest, you know, right studio, but it's very true. Cause even though there perhaps were some features earlier than Snow White, right? But yeah, clearly uh the longevity of a studio is really something to uh to consider. And you know, it's that 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 really is yeah, this is this mm-hmm. remarkable. Yeah. And all well, the 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 dips as well. Sorry to no, no, go ahead. Uh, all the dips as well. I think yeah. it just kind yeah. of makes you because I, I animation history thing that I used to hear a lot from people was, you know, there's a lot of times where it could have been Fleischer we're talking about right now and not Disney, right? Um, because it wasn't as now. It looks like they'll never end. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to end for this, uh, th- this canon. But in the early days, like it could have been, you know, if Mister Bug goes to town had been the biggest hit in the world maybe this would be different, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, and then like, you think about the eighties, there was a rough, yeah, rough oh, yeah. time for the, the studio. The, 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 they could have killed 
they could have killed the animation mm-hmm. studio. They were close that, to it. There are so many bad moves in the 80s. Like when I was thinking about it while doing this, it's like losing Don Bluth, I think, is like, uh, I don't know if they could have really taken care of him because one of the things I think that mm-hmm. the canon's not great at is uh, taking care of auteurs. Um, other than John Musker and Ron Clements, it seems like they'll let you have a little artistic wiggle room, but then, you know, if you screw up too much, you're out to pasture, unless you're those two, apparently. Yeah, I mean, there um, was the nine old men, and they, they like someone like Wolf came, Reitherman, it was somebody who would like, toe the party line and and make you know pretty quality content True. uh but uh but yeah you definitely had to it, it had to be something that that walt liked <laughs> yeah but it, i i don't know i i wish bluth had gotten to work with him I'd like direct a feature mm-hmm. not that i'm the biggest bluth fan or anything i just like when i yeah. look at the 80s when i was ranking them i was like man they he really him leaving really, really messed them up for a while. <laughs> like that, yeah. that, that's such a, anyway, but not to yeah. make too much of it. Because we just in. talked about Sacred of Nim on uh, our animation podcast. And uh, you, you definitely wish that that had been part of the Disney, you know, family, but yeah. uh, they weren't into it, I guess. They'd yeah. already made too many movies about mice. That's what they told what? them. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I knew. I'm supr- I mean, eventually, won't they buy whatever studio? Was that a fox? Is <laughs> <laughs> Anastasia- buy all the blue catalog? <laughs> Anastasia's a Disney movie now, so I guess you know. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe, maybe one day. Well, let's talk about the golden era, the first five movies, and uh, what is your favorite and least favorite of the golden era? Okay, I'm gonna have to. Look at my, make sure I do this right. So my most favorite and my, should I, do I say my number overall? Yeah. I guess my most favorite, and I guess this is like, we're, we're starting off with what my number one is, I guess, mm-hmm. is Dumbo, which is my number one Disney movie of like all time. And then my least favorite, we're, I'm assuming we're ending with Bambi, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just to make sure, uh, is Bambi, which I put at 25th. I believe yes yes Which isn't so, super low no not you know yeah so i have fantasia at five mm. and i have bambi at 29 oh okay um so what about you stanford so um snow white is my favorite i have it at my number five and then jim i gotta tell you if i and you know Rachel does, but like my top twenty, they're almost like like all identical. <laughs> you know, it was, it was so, I had the hardest time trying to really you know uh, prioritize those. But so that being said, um, I've got the lowest for me is Fantasia at at number nineteen. Oh wow! So what is it that you love about Dumbo? I think you know I always liked it as a kid, and then I heard. Um, around the time I was first working with Howard Beckerman, he told me, or Howard Beckerman, sorry to say that clear. Um, he told me a thing about Dumbo is that Dumbo, uh, I think David Mamet had said Dumbo has like the most perfect screenplay 
um, because there's not a wasted moment. I was sort of taken aback by it. And I sort of just started like watching it a lot. And I realized like, even though it has the pink elephants in it, which might seem like sort of uh, a complete waste uh, and doesn't really connect or anything. It, it really is a really tight, solid film. And I think what I, I'm more of an economical storyteller person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just like moves so perfectly. It has so many perfect moments to it. It pu- tugs at your heartstrings like a lot with everything with the mom jumbo um, has so many wonderful memory moments in it. And it's just like a really tight, like I think it's just a little over an hour. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I'm like, wow, that's like, that's magic right there that you can tell that whole story in an hour that you're moved, that it's surreal. Like the pink elephants is very weird. Um, but I was thinking about that once when I realized I was definitely going to have this at number one, where I was like, would I want to watch the pink elephant sequence or do I want to watch a little kid elephant get drunk? And I think pink elephants is a better, a better idea, frankly, um, than just to, to how depressing that probably is. Um, but the, I don't know, just, it works really well in tone. Um, and it, it can be really sad, which I think this period is really good at making the scares and the tragedy of these tales really real especially Pinocchio, uh, which is like nightmare fuel to a degree. Like I can't even, I can't watch that part of that movie even. Uh, like I watched, like I'm not emphasis, like overemphasizing the horror movie thing, but like I've watched really scary, weird horror movies and I can put up with them. But if my daughter's rewatching Pinocchio, I'm like, I got to leave the room. I can't deal with this tonight. I, 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 that, oh boy. Anyway. You have it pretty high. You have a five. Well, you know what the thing with Pinocchio is is it, it the animation in that is pretty yeah. amazing and I can't I I kind of am like and and it's also like probably maybe in that early period they're a little artier and it's very much told in a more foreign I think Italian way um than we'd see later on um I think Disney had a lot of artistic ambitions that showed forth in the beginning yeah. and and you can really tell that in that and that everyone says the water in the whale scene is some of the best animated water. And I've often heard animators say it's like still the best, uh, 2d hand-drawn animated film of all time. And, uh, the skill of it is something I can never, to me, it's like, it's always a top five and, you know, animated film or Disney film, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just, you kind of can't, even though I, I, (laughs) I have a hard time watching it. I still, I still can't as a movie person and a film critic, I can't let that bias, yeah. you know, or nightmares later. Uh, take I, me. yeah, I really admire that. Jim. See, I, I was actually incorrect on my ranking. Sorry. This was just, this was a, this was just an error on my part. I do have Fantasia at 19. I actually have Pinocchio at 22. Oh, I know it's so low. And, and I feel like, I'm betraying these, <laughs> these <laughs> movies that are just beyond excellent. Yeah. But, you know, it was so difficult for me to rank him, and I just honestly had to go off of off of a big component of it was my own enjoyment of the film. Uh, and so that's not necessarily probably as academic or as or as uh, noble as it should be. But but because uh, Pinocchio scares the crap out of me. I mean, let's yeah. just be, you know, let's be this- is everybody going to be like Pinocchio scares me still? Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I have it at 25, so I have it pretty low also, but I I really I appreciate it and it, it did scare me as a little a little girl and I've grown to appreciate it more as an adult. Uh and I certainly don't dislike it. Uh it just yeah. But um where do you have Stanford? Where do you have Dumbo? Uh I have Dumbo at number 13. Oh, same with me. I have also at 13. Yeah, I I I so love good. Dumbo. Love it. For every every reason that Jim was saying, I just think it's a remarkable film. So compact in its storytelling, but it's just it's just a perfect little film. It's, it's also I, love it. I, I think a part of it. Sorry to Preston, but uh, uh, is that it's is a movie like like literally anyone can watch, which I think is great. Although I know that the crows thing, uh, I guess I can't not mention it since I put it so high, but. Um, you know, for the period, it's not as bad as most classic mm-hmm. Hollywood movies. I, don't <laughs> I think it's made a little bit better by the fact that the whole undercurrent of the the whole theme of the movie is about friendship, and yes. uh, and so it's not like uh, the um, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, where there's things that are our caricature that's the minstrel, and I get that and understand, but. Um, it's also about these, cause mice are, the elephants are supposed to be afraid of mice. Timmy the Q mouse defends Dumbo and they become friends and they're an unlikely yeah. friendship. And I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. And I, all I right. Mean, well, and, what is your okay, favorite of the package era? Um, my favorite of the package era, I put, um, I think I'm getting this right make my music yeah <laughs> which um which well i'll put the caveat that um the the version i could see i put up there if the yeah. short had been put in there that they cut out i don't know if i'd put it as high the but, uh the hatfields and mccoys, hatfields and McCoys. yeah yeah i don't it's i weird. really i did see it i did watch that short but like the way that film the tone poem at the beginning draws you in and i so for context i guess for everyone listening when i said i would do this i realized i really hadn't watched many of the package films at all so i had to like sort of marathon them and this was my thing at the end and it really kind of surprised me how this one's very different i think than the rest of them and it's almost like a fantasia sort of follow-up and um it really drew me in in this really sort of beautiful way that um that I wasn't expecting. Um, and if that Hatfields and McCoys thing had been in there, it would have, would have ruined. I don't know. It's, yeah. you got to start. There, there's something to be said about starting the right way. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I agree with them editing it out, but, um, yeah, well, I sort of do because I think the movie works better. without it. So. Yeah. It's just the most, I think, eclectic and weird. And sometimes I just like watching weird stuff. Yeah. So let's, that's why I like it's it. also very it's very calming i i was sort mm-hmm. of surprised by it. the rest of them are not as like just this is very calm smooth kind of very nice thoughtful kind of mm-hmm. thing and it works together pr- probably the best of all of them and, and it's got willie the whale yeah, oh i love willie oh i love willie the whale i wanted to sing in the met Yes. I, I actually saw that one. i'd seen that one as a kid i had a vhs of just that and other shorts not because they would cut these up and put them all over the place. And 
Um, but I, this is the only one I guess that isn't on Disney plus currently. Correct. Yeah. Which is weird. They should just yeah. put it on Disney plus. Weird. Yeah, there isn't really any, cause when I heard that, I was like, what is going to be in this movie? It made me a little nervous. Like just that they're like, like they should just put it on. Although apparently the petitions don't have enough signatures, but Disney just put it on there. You don't have to make a big deal. Just like you can just DM me and I'll be cool. About it. <laughs> if they can put Deadpool on Disney plus. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's move on. So, the Silver Era. So, we have Cinderella through the Jungle Book. Um, What is your favorite of that era? So, Jungle Book ends it because that's when Walt yeah. dies. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. I was curious how, what the terms of this era were. Um, I have Jungle Book at number two um, for me. I don't know. Huh. Which one do it? I guess Peter Pan I have really low at number 57, which yeah. I guess is probably surprising to most people. I'm not sure. I have my lowest is Sword in the Stone, 51. Where you had that? Where I had 22. Yeah, that's 22. I had, yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say, uh, I know my fandom for Sword in the Stone is not popular. <laughs> and I've been told this for a long time, but they're like, <laughs> why? Why do you, why do you want this movie? Like when I, I rushed out to get it when I got a DVD, people were like, why this movie? Like, I like it. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Okay. I, I have Jungle Book at number two, also, Jim. I, Yay. I, I just, that's just it was a childhood favorite and it's continues to stay mm-hmm. you know I, I just adore the film it's just a good party movie mm-hmm. it's like yeah. it's 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 got good a good vibe to it and everything from Shere Khan to Baloo and Phil Harris is just you know I love Phil Harris a lot you know you know Disney met him at a party that's how he met him and it was like oh you have to be baloo i was like i i'm glad that that's the story because that's amazing yeah you met baloo at a party (laughs) yeah i mean so many great bops from the sherman brothers i have it at 27 but i really enjoy it and it's my dad's favorite oh oh. and it's it's you know people don't think of it and i know we're talking about the eras but it came out right when new hollywood's exploding and it, it really does have like this new even though it's the end of Walt Disney, it's his last involved one, I guess. Um, it it has such a great energy to it. Like, I don't know. It's just something that I've always really liked about it. And it's sort of like a simple, like, he's just going to, you know, the man village. That's the whole movie. But it's got so many great stories. And, you know, I know it's not accurate to the story at all, but it's, it's, it's just such a nice little compact, mm-hmm. kind of a road movie, you know. Yeah. So... All right. Well, what is your favorite of the bronze era? So that would be the Aristocats through Oliver and Company. Um, okay. I'm trying to make sure I say this right. <laughs> Which 101 Dalmatians is af- was That's part of the silver. last one. That's silver. Okay. Sorry. You're fine. I should have a list of the canon next to my list. So I know I'm what I'm talking about. through your list here. Is it Robin Hood? Yeah, you've got Robin Hood at 16. Oh, yeah. There you go. Is it Robin Hood? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think it's Robin. Yeah, it's Robin Hood. What what ends the Bronze Era? Uh, Oliver and Company. Oliver and Company. 
Oh, so Black Cauldron, which I put at number 60. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I put dead last. So that would be my top. Yeah, I have um, it at 55. We I have it at 60. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I really thought about, thought about it, but I was like, you know, it's such a black cauldron is we were talking about, I mentioned Don Bluth earlier, but I think one of the things with it is like, they were way too late with this, with black cauldron, um, mm-hmm. like far too late. Like by this should have come out in, I think it comes out in 85, 86. Yeah. Or, it, 85 if i'm not mistaken so by 85 like there are no star wars action figures on the shelves like believe it or not kids star wars was not popular for a couple years it's crazy to think but they couldn't sell star wars stuff in the in the mid to like for 10 years they didn't sell star wars stuff believe it or not but it the fantasy movement had ended uh basically the sci-fi fantasy thing um and it's i'm not just disregarding it because of that but I think it just like shows like the negative side of their production process had blue stayed around. I think he might've gotten it to work. Um, but it just like, and it, it, it's like this weird amalgamation of like, they wanted to do like maybe what Ralph Bakshi did with Lord of the Rings. They wanted mm-hmm. to do this. They wanted to do that. But I don't think they really knew what they wanted out of it. Like they wanted to change the studio, but I don't think they had the right leadership to do it. Um, yeah. It, and there's not very doesn't. many movies where literally every character is annoying. Wow. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it says something that they, I don't <laughs> think they even put it out on VHS till the late nineties. Yeah. I mean, the Horn King, I guess is fine. He's not annoying, but every other character. Is yeah. Annoying. Like the, they really bury the, you just want to <laughs> poke your eyes out. It's so horrible. <laughs> If Disney ever wants to make a live action remake of this, I'm fine with it. Like, I'm sure you can do a better job. There's no way you yeah. can make, yeah, like, no, like make it worse. And, uh, and yeah, make it like an accurate. I've never, I haven't read the book, but I, I've heard it's nothing at all like the book. No, they, I don't know. I just think they really, mm-hmm. I mean, it was the point where people were like, should we even keep the studio around? Which is pretty, pretty dire there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I, I never had, a lot of fandom for it, but I also, it wasn't on VHS. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to experience it as a kid. Yeah. Um, I was like too young when it came out and too old when it came out on VHS finally. So it like, I think that's the other part of it is I don't know. A lot of people have nostalgia for it. Cause like, how could you, right. you know, right. it's like you couldn't anyway. So the opportunities to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so what about the Renaissance era? The, the what is your favorite of the Renaissance era? So what what the are Little we? Mermaid through Tarzan. Tarzan. Tarzan's yeah. the okay. I'm always curious because I've noticed the Renaissance era gets a little uh, Lucy with the end of it. Yeah, because you know? some people include Fantasia 2000. I've seen that included. But... I've seen it go all the way to Lilo and Stitch, which I I'm like, oh, oh wow, that would be shocking. Let's. I'm like, let's calm it down. Let's. <laughs> Uh, um, so the, sorry. Uh, so I put, um, uh, well, I want to say this, I put Aladdin at number three, but Little Mermaid is right behind it. Yeah. I, I love Little Mermaid. It's, that was a hard, the Ron Clements and John Musker too, in the first four are pretty hard to not, I don't know. I think they're mm-hmm. both just 
I really like that directing duo a lot since I've mentioned them a few times, but um, they just, they know how to make a movie for audiences. They're just, and especially those first two, they just, they really knock them out of the park with those. So many likable characters, so mm-hmm. many, so many great moments where you can like a little mermaid, especially like part of your world is, mm. uh, is such a showstopper. And the, yeah, yeah the making Ashman songs are just so good. Yeah. And did you, did you, I've said this a million times on this podcast, but did you know that they animated a million bubbles? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Literally a million bubbles? Did they yeah, count them or bubbles. they just, wow. So every time a character moves, there's bubbles. I, I mean that, I knew that, but I didn't know it added up to a million. I'm not yeah. going to frame by frame count them, but I'll, <laughs> I am a little surprised at that many bubbles. But yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of bubbles and they make a big difference, mm-hmm. I think. Oh yeah, you can. T- I think you know if you ever watched the. For a little bit, we were watching the Saturday morning cartoon, and they don't have as many bubbles, and that was um, didn't didn't hit as well, you know. Although, yeah, the the show has its uh, moments, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I was telling Stanford this that that if you have to watch the cheap pools, the Little Mermaid ones are watchable. They're not great, but they're like. <laughs> Yeah, I liked. I liked that you said watchable. Watchable. <laughs> watchable. Did yeah. you, when you guys talked about this era, did you mention, and not to add a sorry to not go off topic and stuff, but did you meant talk about the work in progress being the beast cut or the, we talked about that much? We have the one that they screened at at the uh, New York yes film festival. Just, or can mm-hmm. people get access to that now? I don't know. Well. I I have it on a one of the DVD releases of the film. You know, I mean, there've been a they've done a lot of re-releases, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's available on Disney Plus, like in an extras thing. We should oh. check. I mean, they talked about it some in that Howard documentary. It's so fun to watch. Have you mm-hmm. have you have you both watched that? You know that version of it of the film. Oh, I've watched I it. Have. I've oh, seen I love it. it. It it's it's uh if there's I know people go back and forth on if director's cuts are worth it, but if there's ever one that's um worth uh watching for an animation fan, it's that one. Just because you see like there's sometimes there'll be storyboards, sometimes there'll be unfinished sketches, sometimes it'll just be a scene from the movie. It like because it's a work in progress cut, so you get to see like a rough cut of a Disney film. Yeah. It's the only one they've ever released like that, uh, because the I mean it's what got it a best picture nomination but um anyway i wish they'd mm-hmm. release more of them i'm yeah. sorry this is like a side thing <laughs> no, i'm glad you bring I, it up I, this is I, wonderful yeah i i just think it's an important if you're an if you're an animation student listening i would say like try to find i don't know how you can find it but try mm-hmm. because it's it's you every time i watch it i'm always like whoa i mean don't watch beauty and the beast first don't <laughs> I don't know if you're if you're listening to this and you've not watched Beauty and the Beast. That's weird, but you should. <laughs> I'm confused about your choices right now. But the but but watch Beauty and the Beast first, and yeah. then watch Work in Progress. Don't watch Work in Progress first. But I think they, like I said, I think they have some of that in the Howard documentary. They, do, I think I, they should, yeah. Yeah. and I think they talked about it as mm-hmm. well because that was such yeah. a, such an important uh, event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I still don't know why they didn't keep doing that with the other ones. I, I've always I know. wondered. I, like, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. That would have been. 
like couldn't have Aladdin and Lion King gotten oh, I would have loved all to see award stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I always wondered and I asked people and they always go, Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> I want an answer. They're like, you know, we just didn't think about it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? You didn't? Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah, what's your lowest one of this, uh, of, the, of the Renaissance era? I think, I think, I believe it's, oh, no, it's Pocahontas. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, was, <laughs> I did put Tarzan pretty low. I'm not yeah, you do Tarzan have it pretty there. low, 48. I did, but Pocahontas, um, you know, I do like the style of it. Uh, but, um, I think, you know what, I think maybe I never got to have nostalgia for it at all because my parents were like, what, what is this? This is the story of Pocahontas. Our kids aren't seeing this. And and so I always knew it as like this weird, um, (laughs) insane version of what Disney wanted from, uh, the Pocahontas story. So I, I don't think I ever really got to... Mm -hmm enjoy it the way the people who did get to enjoy it whose parents were like whatever just watch this movie i don't care yeah Um, i have it at 50 as well so we're the same on focus and i just think the the romance is just and i love stupid romances you know silly romances but it's just so she's so preachy and she's such an unlikable character and the romance is so lame that's the other i also think and maybe this is my own theory, but this comes out the same year as toy story. And I really think it marks a sea change in who the most innovative animation studio in mm-hmm. America is yeah. because like how often do we like toy story, like just won over the world and Pocahontas, it felt like Disney adhering to a formula because they saw beauty and the beast got all these awards and all this acclaim and money. And they're like, what if we do, that again but with american history i don't actually disney should stay away from american history if we've learned anything Probably, i think so I, I, I mean i don't know which thing i'm referencing to be honest there's so many things but like they really should they should just like not do that not a... all right well what is your favorite of the post-renaissance so that's uh, that's um uh, fan uh, that's fantasia 2000 through to through bolt through bolt i'm curious which one i think lilo and stitch would be my highest if i'm not mistaken yeah you have that at 12 sorry you guys have to go through and be like is he right i think i I probably should have put Okay, now I feel bad about what I put because I put Meet the Robinsons at fifty nine, but I actually think I probably should have put Home on the Range, at fi- which is at fifty eight. So they're pretty close together. Mm, yeah. Um, what do you love about Lilo and Stitch? Oh my gosh! I <laughs> whoa. Okay, sit down. You guys better be sitting. No, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I just ever since I first saw it, I just like loved it. I. Just, I just got so enamored with it. I like all my friends would try to do the stitch voice. We took it so serious. I remember there was a bunch of guys and we were watching movies. And when Lilo and stitch came on, everyone was quiet because it's just like, it's so arresting, but it's also, it's like, it is a Disney film, but like her and her sister argue the entire movie, um, which is very much like not 
what Disney was doing at the time. It doesn't feel like a Disney movie mm-hmm. almost. But like that it's, would it's interesting that you have it so high because it's very Dumbo-ish, I think. You are I a hundred percent agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I've probably said it before, but yes, because it's like a small economical movie both financially and storytelling wise and the watercolor palette and the uh the the theme of kind of family yes i wow you're are you a film critic rachel (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) um, no i just i um i don't know and and just i like the idea of stitch and it just yeah i I get a little speechless about it. it's it's also that I think no one believed in it and it was sort of like this dysfunctional Disney movie mm-hmm. and it like sort of took the world by storm out of nowhere. And um, you know, I, I have noticed people don't even appreciate it now as much, but there's very you know, I live in New York, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't see a stitch t shirt or a stitch somewhere. And um not that I ranked it based on uh Disney's merchandise sales, but um <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> I um I will say I think it like really touches people. Like I I really do. I think that's why it stayed around because it it is very different from it. And it, it also introduced um those two directors who went on to do um the how, first How to Train Your Dragon and I really like how I like those two and mm-hmm. now I can't remember their names, but they um I I like those two guys and I think they're really Chris good. Sanders and Dean Dubois. I'm not sure yeah. I'm pronouncing Dean's name correctly, but yeah. They're really good at kind of hitting a kind of a, a really smart point in childhood, I think. And they always have these characters who are like part of the family and family's important to them, but they're also like arguing with their family most of the movie. Um, which is, I think, interesting because it shows like there's all sorts of ways um, to understand family. Um, because hey, the first High Training Dragon is about that too. Yeah, and I think they both do it excellently. And there's also like there's so many times where like I feel like my uh, like a feeling going up my spine like while I'm watching it, like I'm just so at attention and have goosebumps and you know and cry and all those things. So I think. Um, and Lilo and Stitch just got me so excited for them. And mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it honestly feels like the closest to, I know people emphasize the Amblin thing too much, but it feels like a good mix of that and Disney and probably maybe the best one that we've ever had mm-hmm. uh, so far, at least, you know, I'm sure someone will do it later. Yeah. Jim, I'm really interested in your ranking too of, of Meet the Robinsons at 59. I mean, I don't have it that much higher. <laughs> I only have it at 45. And it's not necessarily a film that I love. But tell us if you wouldn't mind telling us about well, that. that I think there. I probably should have had Home on the Range, which I always think is called Bust a Moo. Um, because when the posters are everywhere. The poster, yeah. It, Bust a Moo on April 2. I have it, was, it at 60s, Home on the Range. Wow. I don't like it. I have it, it at 59. I don't like it. I, I think it should be titled Bust a Moo. But anyway, just <laughs> because it was bigger than the title on the poster, like I get confused. Even at the time, like people thought I was joking. They were like, "You mean Busta Moon?" Like, no, it's not called Busta Moon. <laughs> like, but why don't they call it that? Like, if you're gonna be, wouldn't it be better if Disney's worst movie was called Busta Moon? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I agree. I only put. I probably shouldn't have put either on his own, but I think it's because I've definitely seen it twice, and I cannot tell you what happened. Um, mm. Yeah, 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 and it, it just didn't make an impact. Maybe I should rewatch it. 
Well, it's interesting um, but, because so much happens in it. It's a very crowded movie, and I, yeah, I, I like it because I think it has a ton of heart. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I have it at thirty six. I've got it like right in the middle, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, and I think this, this, the, the twist works pretty well. The surprise, which you probably don't mm-hmm. remember. But, no, I don't. Because when you said that, I was like, <laughs> like hat man. A, uh, yeah. it's pretty good. But, there could not be a twist, and you could tell me that, and I would believe it also. <laughs> but yeah, it's a messy movie. You can tell that they were kind of a mess at the time it was made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where do you have it, Sanford? I have it at 45. Okay. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. All right. Well, so we talk about, we've asked people on this podcast uh, that do we think that there is just one revival era or do we think there is a revival era and then a post revival era, like post, uh, like post Wreck-It Ralph 2 or Zootopia or somewhere in there, do we think that there's a new era? Oh, um, I almost my argument wa- is when John Laster leaves and we get new leadership, we get yeah. a change of tone. So that would probably be Moana on Ford. Well, or- Moana, I think he still worked on. Am I yeah, right? I think Laster was pretty involved with Moana. Okay, yeah. I mean, so when was he not? In, I mean, that's the problem with these. These have such long development and productions. It's sort of sh- not. I'm I not sure. On Ralph breaks the internet, but I don't think I don't think his involvement was that much. And and I think, yeah. as I recall, he announced Frozen Two at well, the D twenty three Expo that I was, you know, one of that presentation that I was at that year. Uh-huh. But, so it, clearly, he was involved in the early stages of it. But I think that that's near. You know, didn't it wasn't it wasn't twenty eighteen when yeah. he when he left. No, I think uh, it was earlier. Really, wasn't it twenty? 20- it was like when Coco came out. Maybe, yeah, that's right. Maybe it was 2017 when he went on that six month hiatus. Right? <laughs> Did he do that? Yeah. And then he's going to come announced. back. He's going to come back any moment now, right? He's going to. Well, well, he's come back interview. with luck. Yeah, I know. Yeah, with Skydance. Skydance animation. That, that Hollywood I have not reporter. read that interview yet. Did I forward that to you, Rachel? Yeah. Oh, was well, no, I, Hollywood Reporter. I got it from somewhere. So yeah, embarrassing. It's interesting. I don't know. I um, call this new era from Raya on. I mean, this is, well, you know, well, what do I know? But I call it the Jennifer Lee era. I, yeah. say if, I feel like the the movies have taken a, a very different well tone. If you're gonna, I I I will counter with. I agree with the Jennifer Lee thing, but I almost think Frozen Two is the beginning. Frozen Two. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because hello, 
Jennifer Lee that has her stamp all over it. Yeah, and I think also because so many of these, I th- I th- what was right before Frozen Two is right here. Ralph, Ralph breaks the Ralph internet. Breaks internet. Well, okay, so I don't think Ralph breaks the internet fits in with the others because starting with Frozen Two, it's all about not just family but the legacy of family. Because you mm-hmm. see that in Frozen Two, you see that in Raya, you see that in that's true. In Canto. Ancestors. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah, and, and I think it's like something they're both dealing with legacy and what your family represents and a idea of uh, opening up to the future, which seems to be something she's really interested in. Unless I'm forgetting a movie. In there. <laughs> so, no, you, you got him. So what is your favorite, if we say a revival era of Princess and the Frog through Ralph Breaks the Internet? Okay, let me... Is it Frozen? I think it might be. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you put Frozen at 13. I had Frozen. Princess of the Frog is at 15, which I put pretty close. I'm not sure what the lowest would be. I think it might be Record Ralph 2. Yeah, it is. 51. Yeah. Yeah. So which one should I talk about? Frozen? Yeah. So what do you like about Frozen? Um, You know, I think I've always been more positive for Frozen than most adults, um, which I think is because I actually got to see it and like you know how they have the Wednesday or you know the before the opening day yes. shows the night before. So when I saw it, it was just me and a bunch of Disney adults basically, and we didn't know anything about this movie. Um, like, and I heard the audience. I was just there by myself, but you know you hear the people in the theater before the movie starts, and it was a lot of them saying like what their favorite Disney movie was. I think a lot of them said Lion King, and a lot of them had their arms crossed, like you know I'm seeing another one. What it was sort of like whatever. This is just another Disney movie. Who cares? And and they were very like apathetic about it. And then the movie starts and people are like, I could tell the audience's mood changed. And by the time Let It Go ended, everyone stood up and applauded. And I was like, what just happened? Like, oh my God. Like, mm-hmm. and I hadn't heard, Let. that was like how I heard Let It Go. Um, I, you know, this was before the, because it really, I think the thing people forget about Frozen is no one really saw it coming. Like it just like hit and suddenly people are like, I think this is like the thing now. Like when, what, what happened? And um, being able to enjoy that moment before the pessimism that I think continues to bring up. The other thing I think that I noticed about Frozen is every movie that Disney puts out since I always have to hear people say how it, how it um, levels up to, or is better than Frozen. And I'm like that. That's a legacy right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think in 20 years we'll view Frozen like we viewed The Lion King, um, where like before people would go. I heard in the mid 90s people would disregard The Lion King a little and say, "Oh, well, you know, Hercules is better than The Lion King," or this and that. And then eventually people were just just okay with The Lion King. And I think eventually people will be like that with Frozen. And I like the sisterly the sisterly sorry the sister story Mm -hmm. um i like all the songs um you know it's it's one of my favorite x-men movies and um i uh uh, uh, i mean i did i probably part of it is i grew up as an x-men kid and it is there's a lot of that in there but I, i also think there's a lot to read into uh elsa being sort of different and having special powers i think also and not to be like not to make fun of it but i think that story that x-men has and that frozen has like 
if you feel different in any way, and I know people put whichever thing that they want on there, but I think having it so universal and open lets you do that. So if you just feel different for, you know, something silly or something that's like important to your identity, I think that's Mm -hmm. in there in a, such a beautiful universal way. And I just think like, you know, I don't know. I think part of it is I got to enjoy it before, um, the hype. I love that story that you got to see it, you know, just kind of like this with this enthusiastic yet, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh yeah. In a fresh blank sheet. I mean, nobody knew what, what was coming. The only thing I regret is I was really into it and I listened to the soundtrack and then I had a daughter. So then I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have watched this so many times <laughs> before before she started watching this. So I was like, like I should have maybe had a little more foresight on that one. The let it go fatigue is real. Yeah. So yeah. I went to the, I mean, I love Frozen too. I have a, I, I love Frozen as well. I have it at 12. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I went to the uh, tryout that they did for the Frozen the musical in Denver and I wore, oh. I have a um, Elsa cosplay with a wig and everything. And so I wore it to the uh, the show. And it was an amazing experience. I mean, the little girls just were so excited. I mean, I don't look anything like Elsa. I mean, I had a wig, but still, I don't look anything like her. And if you ever want to feel loved, dress up as a disney princess yeah yeah oh, <laughs> or disney character it. because it was it was an, an amazing experience and i just realized from that experience just how much little girls love frozen and oh, love yeah. elsa oh yeah it is it is the closest thing like my daughter's generation it is like star wars mm-hmm. i'd say like they know like all those characters are like Han Solo and Leia and Luke and stuff yeah. like they're that's, that's who those, cause they, they know it so well. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's remarkable. And I also just recently went to a Disney concert at um, this outdoor amphitheater at the ski resorts, Zajir Valley. They did this, this uh, Utah symphony and, and uh, Disney, Disney songs. And it still amazed me that of all the different songs that they did, the, they played just the first two notes of Let It Go, and everybody was cheering. Everybody was wow. excited. You know, that, 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 I think that sometimes we as like content creators, animation, content creators, whatever, we get in this like bubble and we don't realize that like our, as you said, cynicism maybe, that we get tired of things, not in the same way that like normal humans do. No, they still I, love stuff that like maybe <laughs> and yeah, I still I love think, frozen, but I don't know. I just think like a typical normal American is different than like animation YouTuber. <laughs> yes. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I've noticed that a lot where I'm like, Oh, this is still a thing for most people. Oh, I didn't know that, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Frozen I think is in there. Where it's just like so beloved. It's special. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it is a special movie. Yeah, it is. it is. I have it in number eighteen. I, I, I love Frozen. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the last three movies to come out. Which one is your favorite of Frozen Two, Raya, or Encanto? Oh man. Uh, in some ways, this is tough um, because I've had to watch them a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, with uh, your with your children is that what you're saying? yeah oh yeah less so oh, i'm gonna say no offense to raya 
um, which I did. I I don't know. I did rank Frozen and Raya, Frozen Two and Raya, pretty close together, thirty two and thirty three. I I like Raya. I don't. I don't know. It's but it's not. I think Frozen Two. I have a lot of sentimental attachment to. uh, because my daughter like loved it and we actually got to go to a movie theater with a child, which, um, which now feels weird. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I think I'm going to give it to Encanto because I think that gets maybe the Disney thesis of, if we're calling it the Jennifer Lee era, the best so far, um, with everything with family. And I also just think, you know, that the music, the music's really so great. And, uh, yeah, I think we had that odd, like last week or something. So that just hasn't left my house really yet. Um, but you've kept talking about Bruno. <laughs> oh yes. No, it's not I, <laughs> like, well, now we get to this weird thing of every time a Disney thing on Disney plus has someone named Bruno. I'm like, I thought we weren't talking about him. Like he's in Luca. Yeah. He's in Ms. Marvel. Like what, what is your guys deal with Bruno lately? It's like very confusing. I thought we were going to talk about it. Yeah, um, he's the bully. Uh, 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 Luca too. It's just like, what's with all this Bruno stuff? Um, <laughs> I would say that I would say I would put that one pretty high. I think it just, it works really. And it also like, I think, one of the things I like about Disney is when they, they do these films that like only take place in a small location and it really is mainly in the house. Mm-hmm. And because that house is so magical, you kind of don't feel it as much. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I, and the Lin-Manuel songs just really great. And yeah. And I think Encanto I had such good characters. Even the the yeah. grandma was a very interesting character. Yes. Oh yeah. They were all. Well, what would you? What are your guys' favorite for the, this era we've dubbed? I guess. So Encanto, I have at uh, I have Encanto at eighteen. So that's my favorite of these three. Mm-hmm. I have Frozen two at 24 and then the Kanto at 26. That was kind of hard. I have frozen two at 22. So they're pretty close. Uh, Yeah. I love lost in the woods. I thought that was so funny. I, (laughs) I was at frozen two was, was, I mean, it had some issues, but yeah, it was a pretty solid. I guess it was just, I just enjoy spending more time with these characters and the songs that, you know, Bobby Lopez Mm -hmm. and and Lopez were so clever. I don't know. I do like it a lot. I think that's another one I think will go up because um, I think it getting released at the beginning of COVID will um, get a whole generation who probably overwatched it. Um, It will definitely, I I know I keep bringing up Star Wars with Frozen, but I do think it'll be like their Empire Strikes Back. Like there's not really a ton of Frozen 2 video essays right now, but like in 10 years, I expect to people to be like you know i cried when olaf disappeared into snowflakes and mm-hmm. all those things i like um, that they had them both become queens at the end that that was that was sweet. really or that they were different kind of um people had their different, roles yeah it had di- very different roles um i don't know there was now i feel bad that i put it so low now i'm like oh maybe i should have put it higher <laughs> maybe <laughs> Uh, yeah, the only one I don't feel I like Raya. I that's a, I don't know. A lot of these this era, I feel like it's going to age 
in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to like, like Raya, I have already seen um, a lot of kids on the playground still playing Raya. Um, I, I get this, the, the sense, I mean, that right now, who knows, I could be really off on this when people, if people listen to this in 10 years, like maybe I was wrong, but I, I see a lot of kids still playing Raya and there's a sort of importance mm-hmm. to it that I think people, uh, don't, aren't taking serious enough. I get the whole avatar thing and all those things attached to it. But, um, I, I think there's a lot of kids who it's kind of their first big action adventure thing. You know, it's not. That's not Marvel or something because it, I don't know. I think it represents yeah. something to a lot of people that we're not fully processing yet, but you know, we'll see. You never know which one of these is going to be, have a call to wrap it, which one won't, you know? It's true. So yeah, I the, enjoyed uh, Riot. I, I, I'm kind of unpopular because I, I think it would have been better with songs. Uh, I just feel like there's all the spots for songs and there's just something about Disney music that makes you remember the the that makes them i think that there's something about disney music that makes movies more memorable oh wait i it, it is weird when you watch a disney movie and there aren't songs like mm-hmm. it feels off like it and it just is a princess movie it's got all the spots for songs like i don't need songs in big hero six because it's not the kind of movie it is but i just i don't know yeah. i just think it should have songs but so. big hero six feels like not almost not a disney movie sometimes because of that i don't know i yeah. mean it is a disney movie but you know it just uh yeah they could have gotten somebody i don't know who they would have gotten to do it but it could have been cool mm-hmm. let's see where do you have big hair six i'm looking at your list 34 I have, it, I have it pretty you know the thing with that i just don't if it's also like how many super like disney has to do a superhero movie too <laughs> and i don't know if like I don't know. It's also a weird pick. Like, why that comic? Like, what? I just liked it, that after having a movie about two sisters, then they had a movie about two brothers. Oh, okay, that's a good. That. That's, I have that it at twenty-four. Point. That is a good. Point. I I just didn't. There's certain things like I like Baymax. I like certain aspects of it. I just it didn't really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it was also like, why called Big Hero Six? Because that's the team, and we don't spend time with the yeah. team. We spend time with the team. Uh, yeah. That's true. The team doesn't really form until, yeah. Yeah, it's We're, it's more about him and Baymax. Like, why not call it Baymax and whatever the guy's name was? Hero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hero. Hero and Baymax. I don't know. That, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. Well, thank you so much for taking time talking about your ranking and, and chatting with us. Jim, this was so fun. You. What a pleasure. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me on. I hope I didn't talk too much or anything. And oh, no, it's great. Thank you very much. It's great to uh, be here. So why don't you tell people your channel, where they follow you on social media, all that fun stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, my name's uh, Jim Gisriel. It's G-I-S-R-I-E-L. Uh, I'm on mainly on YouTube where I do movie reviews and have my new cartoon film rat video about film history and film theory and stuff. And, uh, I also have my tw- Twitter, which I'm active on. And if you want to see family photos and stuff, I guess my Instagram and, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check, Great. check me out. I post stuff regularly. Yes. We'll have that all in the description. You also check it out and, uh, and make sure you're all following us at Disney talking on Twitter and, uh, Stanford, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. 
And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. And uh, if you are listening to this episode on iTunes, please leave your, us your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun. And we talk about animated films and Hallmark films. We have patron events and it's a good spot to be in. So check that out. And then also please check out the merch store where we have hashtag animation junkie shirts. So you don't want to miss that. And uh, thanks again, Jim. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll have to have you on again. Talk about more fun movies. Okay, thank you very much for having me. And I'd love to be on again. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.